there. <laughs> I didn't realize we were ready. I never realized we were ready to record. You always surprise me with this. And you're, you just kind of say, hey, and look at me expectantly. <laughs> so, hello. Hello. We are recording on a Sunday morning. We are. We just had uh, some life-giving avocado toast. And even more life-giving coffee. Coffee. Oh, my gosh. Yes, coffee, the nectar of the gods. <laughs> And we do, you know, we're kind of snobby about coffee, me and you. You know, we, I, I have a discerning coffee palate. I do now. I do sure. now. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to be okay. And I think you probably did too. It was just like whatever. You know. And, and you know, I'm not going to turn it away probably if that's the only thing available. <laughs> but we, because we go to Just Love Coffee in Murfreesboro, I mean, we've learned a lot about coffee, we honestly, have. because we're such regulars there. <laughs> Especially me now, but um, we've learned so much and just the little nuances and stuff. Mm-hmm. I think, and it's um, it's nice to be able to try different ones and things that are high quality coffee, uh, coffee beans and stuff like that. We can um, taste the difference. You can. You can you, really taste the difference. You really can. And you know, it's funny. I um, always notice a difference with coffee that's really kind of watery you know Uh when you go to uh different restaurants breakfast Uh restaurants that shall remain unnamed (laughs) Um, but different breakfast restaurants and uh, you know you order coffee breast restaurants no sometimes restaurants i don't i don't sometimes it just doesn't work work. (laughs) um but you know how i feel about a mashup yes i know i know (laughs) but I'm always disappointed when I go to breakfast restaurants and I order coffee and I'm expecting it to be this delightfully, wonderfully rich, dark coffee and it's just watery. And I, <laughs> and uh, you know, I it's guess like, I've just become used to really high quality coffee. It's like that scene in Elf when uh, Will Ferrell is going down the street and he sees that sign on the window that says "World's Best Cup of Coffee." Oh yeah, and he busts in and he says, "Congratulations." <laughs> Yes, that's exactly right. And um, <laughs> you know what? I remember um, Rob, who owns Just Love, I remember him talking to us about the, there was a gas station down the street that said they had the best cup of coffee in <laughs> Murfreesboro. We would tend to disagree. Yes. He just thought that was the funniest thing because he's like, Really? From a gas station coffee? I don't know about that. But, you know, there are some good stuff that comes out of a gas station. Oh, yes. Um, Case in point, Mm -hmm. uh, remember when we were in Mississippi and the tamales? We we were told to get tamales at a gas station. Mm -hmm. We did not. Yeah, we couldn't. There's a lot of tamales in the Delta, the Mississippi Delta, and we just couldn't get to all of them. Coolicles. Yeah, coolicles. We have to, you know, what we have to do is take another trip down there so that we can get them. A friend of mine uh, that I met who just moved up here from uh, the Delta. Uh huh. Um, asked me if I'd ever heard of coolicles, and I said I most certainly had. Yes. He knows how to make them. <gasps> Which and means he told me how. Okay, and so when you do that, I will come over and eat them. I mean, <laughs> or try them anyway. <laughs> the thing is, though, if for the uninitiated, coolicles are pickles mm-hmm. that have got uh, Kool Aid. They're been, they're brined in like pickle juice and Kool Aid, which sounds and bizarre. it has to be red Kool Aid. Yes, red Kool Aid. And it sounds bizarre, and it looks bizarre, because I saw it on TV. But all I hear is how delicious they are. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's almost, I think it would almost be like a, um, a pickled onion. 
Do you see, do you know yeah, what I'm saying? Like the sweet, the red sweet uh, pickled onion, mm-hmm. kind of the yeah, 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 the sweet and sour. Um, I don't know. I mean, I can give game. it a shot. Like he told me how to do it. So. Mm-hmm. It's not hard. I mean, it's not rocket science. Well, no. <laughs> I mean, I wanted to. We just never got around to trying them when we were down there. Um, it's one of my great regrets from our trip. Well, we we can recreate it. So. Uh, hey. Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> and make sure I, I have plenty of notice so I can come down here and get me one. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I mean, I'll eat, I'll try anything. I'll try a cool lickle. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you and I were talking um, about this podcast and, like, mm-hmm. why exactly we were doing it. Yeah. Why, why, do you, why, were, why did we want to do this podcast? Exactly. Why this particular topic... And, um, and what made us really want to, not just the topic, but what made us, what made us want to do a podcast about this particular topic? Well, so I guess the best way to do it is to um, <clears throat> give a little bit about, about our backgrounds. And so um, I'll, I'll, I'm an attorney. And, um, you know, I started out doing insurance defense, which was invigorating. <laughs> Note my sarcasm. It's dripping. I know. <laughs> Uh, it was invigorating. No. And, <laughs> and then I went into private practice and, uh, I left there and went into private practice and did things like divorces and custody and it just sucks your soul. And, um, then I did some corporate stuff for a while, which was talk about sucking your soul. <laughs> that was awful too. But anyway, um, I went, I went back into private practice and just, um, I don't know. It, it just seemed like, you know, doing, Things like divorces and um, always having to deal with some of the clients and the difficulties that come with that and the stressors that come with always having to make sure you're doing things up to the professional and ethical standards that we as attorneys are held to. Mm -hmm. Um, The, you know, constant kind of worry that if you do one thing wrong that a client is going to get mad and maybe you know, reports to the bar, you never know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And, <clears throat> and just having to deal with everything that comes with it, you know, you take a lot of that stress home with you and, uh, and it just kind of, it, it wears on you. That's why you see so much burnout mm-hmm. with lawyers. Case uh, in point. Yeah. <laughs> well, yes, yes, exactly. You, you changed it up, but also not just that, um, you know, it's a, that's a stressful, um, a stressful job, but also, um, you know, I had a really big, um, lo- some big life changes between the years two t- 2010 through 2012. Um, I lost both of my parents and my husband lost his, uh, his mother. So my mother-in-law and, um, in 2012, it was my dad and my mother-in-law passed away within a month of each other. And it was just very, that was a very heavy time for me personally. And I also think about it as sort of a line of demarcation mm-hmm. in my life. And I know you were there for all of this and you remember (laughs) all of this because you helped me through it. But, um, you know, I saw that, I guess I just kind of reprioritized. Um, I really stepped back. I guess I saw my parents, both of them had retired and didn't have time to, to really enjoy their retirement because they, uh, had gotten sick And, uh, so I just, you know, I was like, I don't want that to happen to me. Mm -hmm. I don't want to wait to enjoy things for when I'm, you know, in my sixties and Mm -hmm. that time is gone. Mm -hmm. And also, 
you know, I really reprioritized what I wanted to do with my law practice. I didn't want to deal with the people who wanted to call you in the middle of the night about, you know, well, he's getting the microwave and I want the microwave and I just want to throw money and say, please get a microwave on me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So it just kind of naturally evolved. And you and I had a lot of conversations about this basic topic. It's kind of like, you know, you can't always be, or I couldn't always be just, uh, constantly doing the same thing over and over, staying in the office over and over. And, mm-hmm. and, and that's not what I want. Maybe that's for some people. Mm-hmm. Maybe some people are, that's what they feel like a lawyer should do. And I know they're out there. I mean, I deal with some people like that and that's fine if that's what you want to do, but that's not what I want to do. I have reprioritized big time. <laughs> and I mean, you know that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you know, what I do now is, um, I represent, uh, I do child welfare law. I represent abused and neglected children, which may not sound (laughs) uh, better, but that's where my heart is. My heart was not in um, divorces and custody. And it felt, it, 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 it felt not useless, but it just felt like I don't care. I didn't care about those things. I deeply care about helping children. And when I deeply care about something, even though it's difficult, it's work that, can bring me joy. Mm -hmm. So that's what I do. And I also take time to, you know, spend time with my family and I take time to help at, you know, my son's school. I take time to, um, you know, come down here to Nashville and spend time with you Mm -hmm. or to spend time with my husband to make sure we get to go out and have dinner. Um, you know, we like to go on little weekend trips. We like to go on, Uh, trips to follow, you know, some of our favorite sports teams. I mean, we do these things and it's important to do that because we didn't always do it. Mm -hmm. And it gives me joy. It keeps me calm. Mm -hmm. I think it revitalizes me and it shows me that there is so much more enjoyment to be had in life besides, you know, sitting at a desk and, and looking through books or looking through reading cases and, uh, just arguing with people all the time in court. Don't get me wrong. I enjoy my time in court. I love advocating for children, but that is not what it's all about to me. And it cannot be all about that. So, um, for my own, (laughs) for my own mental health, I think, you know, I mean, I just recognize that about myself. So, um, that's kind of, uh, why I decided that I thought this was a good thing to talk about because I think a lot of people struggle with that. Mm -hmm. I think people struggle with, well, this is what I'm trained to do. So I have to, and I spent a lot of time in graduate school. Mm -hmm. And so I must work 80 hours a week or bill, you know, 80 hours a week, uh, which is what it used to be, which, which was awful. Um, and I, I must spend X amount of time in the office. And that's just, to me, that's not, I don't know how you can enjoy life if that's what all all that you're doing. Mm -hmm. And it's okay to take a step back and say, well, what am I really going to enjoy? How can I change this up to what I can, what I really enjoy? Um, I didn't used to read as many books as I do now because I felt like I didn't have time and I I was, Mm -hmm. I should give more time to reading, you know, doing more work. And that's just not, I have found that I have found that that is not how I operate and that is not how I operate at my best. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's pretty much, 
the reason that I think I wanted to, you know, kind of do this podcast is because I think what I have gone through and I know what you've gone through, which you're going to tell about uh, in a second, I think it's very relatable. I frankly don't know a lot of lawyers who absolutely love what they do. Yeah, I mean, Mm -hmm. that's definitely true. Like, uh, you know, you and I met because our offices were across the street from each other. And we had a case together. (laughs) And we did have a case Mm -hmm. together um, because I also am a recovering attorney. And It's like a condition (laughs) you have to recover from, I know. (laughs) Um, You know, I'll say people just don't really understand. Like, people love to hate on lawyers. Mm-hmm. Until they need them. But they don't understand the the tr- like the things we go through. I mean, mm-hmm. it's like you're a commodity. You're not treated like a human. You're a whipping post. You get it from all sides. Like, you get judges that are hazing you. You get clients that won't leave you alone and they're unreasonable, like arguing over salt shakers and, mm-hmm. you know, silly things like that. And um, expecting you to do things that are not ethical, even though you've told them that, you know, that's not going to happen. And then they, all the money you have to pay just to have a practice every year. I mean, people just don't understand that it's not easy. And um, it does take an emotional toll. And, mo- you know, most of my practice, I practice consistently for 12 years. And, I mean, I, I got a lot of... Uh, What's the word I'm looking for? Satisfaction? Well, I don't know if you'd call it satisfaction. It was more like, I worked hard for this. Mm-hmm. Look what I did. Yeah. And it became part, like a big part of my identity. A sense of accomplishment. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I felt like I was a pretty good lawyer. I mean, like, I I try to treat everyone um, fairly and I tried to be good to my clients. And honesty was always first for me, you know, integrity. Um I I just finally got to the point, and, you know, I had life a life transition, too. You know, because you and I together, uh, we worked together in the same office for a few years, too. And we both did the child welfare law, um, and I just couldn't. Like, I, I was sitting in a deposition one time, and I represented a child whose mother had was very ill, uh, mentally ill. And instead of feeling empathy for the mother during the deposition, I was rolling my eyes on the inside. And it hit me during that deposition, this was like two years ago, that that was not correct, that I was not feeling things that I needed to feel and uh, didn't have any empathy, and that's a bad sign. So um, shortly after, a few months after that, my mother passed away. And I just remember... She had so many dreams and didn't do... She was afraid to do things, Mm -hmm. you know? Fear holds us back so often. It does, and I didn't want to do that. Like, I didn't... I don't want to be on my deathbed and have lots and lots of regrets. Um, So, I decided to change careers, um, and now I do uh, music PR and management and uh, it's definitely a whole different kind of stress, but it's definitely something that I really enjoy. Um, and my law career plays a huge part in that. I mean, I learned so much. Con- you mean, look, you I mean, contracts, look contracts and, and, and how to deal with people, yes. you know. Difficult people, especially. Yeah, difficult people. And um, 
I mean, I'm very grateful. It did take a long time for me to get over the the shame of not having a big office with a shelf full of books and, you know, having people come in and hire me to do things because of, you know, that was an unhealthy part of, you know, it became part of my personality and my identity to be a lawyer. And that's just, it's not good. Um, Well, you know, though, whenever you were still a lawyer, and it was a few years ago, you started um, those two... um, uh, blogs, the music blogs. So you, you kind of you knew this was your interest. Music was your interest. You had to figure out how to get to what you wanted to do. But that was kind of, I see that as kind of the beginning of your transition into feeling there is more here. There yeah. is more here that I can do that's going to give me more satisfaction and more happiness. And mm-hmm. you're like you said. There's, <clears throat> There's a lot of stress that comes with that, but it's a good stress. Yeah. Uh, you know, because they talk about good stress and bad stress. And yeah. I think it's a good stress because you seem very content with what you're doing now. Yeah. Busy, mm-hmm. stressed, but content. Mm-hmm. And I don't, you know, the conversations we used to have about the negative, the negative conversations you and I used to have about, <clears> you know, <throat> practicing and what we're dealing with. Those are all on my side now. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but, uh, you know, but no, it's not on your side. I mean, it's, uh, I love the fact that you took a leap of faith and you just did it. So many people cannot do that. I frankly am not, I can't do that yet. I don't, cause I don't know what I would leap into. Um, I mean, it's not easy. Uh, There's a point where you, where the fear of failure is overshadowed by Mm -hmm. the fear of, Misery. Misery. Continued misery. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, honestly. Yeah. So. And it does take, you know, being a lawyer does take a huge, especially the kind of law we practice. mm -hmm. And it was, you know, a huge emotional toll. Stop feeling things. And like, I know you and I would sit in a room with people who didn't do what we did for a living. And we would just, you know, throw out thing you know things we'd been working on in court or whatever and people would be horrified mm-hmm. around us and we didn't even realize that <laughs> the people would be horrified by that i know i mean it's kind of um, like we're desensitized it's very in a desensitized way. um yeah in, in a way i mean it's or maybe we're overly familiar mm-hmm. let's put it that way with the things that we deal with and the the conditions that we see the things that we see happening to children yeah. um and most people are just oblivious to they are and and i think a lot of times people maybe they don't want to know which yeah. you and i have also talked about yes, that's a whole nother conversation that is a whole conversation <laughs> but um but yeah i think that I, I think that, you know, it just can be uh, what we do, what, what you used to do and what I currently do can be so overwhelming, which is why it's incredibly important to step back and mm-hmm. just keep things in perspective. Um, because, you know, the, the people, the populations that I deal with, the families that are in crisis, mm-hmm. um, there's some really ugly things happening. Mm-hmm. And... Um, you know, if you, you can get really lost in that and drown in that. Uh, but at the same time, I feel like I have to make a very conscious effort to, um, to remember to step back from that and to, to, uh, take those, take that time to do what I, you know, to kind of veg out Mm -hmm. and to record a podcast, to to record a podcast, (laughs) you know, to spend time with my friends, to spend time with the people in my life who are, who make me feel, um, comfortable Mm -hmm. and who don't, 
who who don't you know bring me down into those uh, those depths that I can get into with all the subject matter that I deal with on a you know daily basis. So it's just really I think it is really important for just to keep things into pers- in perspective, to keep things to keep yourself from absolutely drowning and going mm-hmm. crazy and ending up in a straitjacket. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so important to find what brings you joy. Yeah. I mean, shouldn't we all be... Practice it on a daily basis. Yes. Pursue joy. Um, choose joy. Yeah, choose joy. And, and you know, I, I, you and I used to have conversations about, you know, the, the attorneys who would be so... Uh, in court all the time and wearing expensive suits and and things like that and the ones who are so and you know I mean so well respected which is amazing mm-hmm. and they are so accomplished and mm-hmm. you know I'll give them every bit of credit that they're due but it took a while for I think both of us to realize that's not what we wanted no. because it comes with a very high price it does and it, you know so many of our colleagues and people we don't even know their practice you know everywhere they mm-hmm. have so many like personal issues and and vices Mm -hmm. and you know the suicide rate for attorneys is really high and the divorce Mm -hmm. rate for attorneys is really high I mean I didn't know anybody myself included Mm -hmm. that didn't have a bottle of whiskey in our desk you know (laughs) I mean honestly true and and what does that say yeah like I don't want to I just didn't want to do that like I I was I didn't want to feel I wanted to feel Mm -hmm. I didn't want to I didn't want to be under that emotional burden all the time because you bring it home, you know, and it affects your family and, Mm -hmm. you know. It affects everything. It It bleeds into everything. And, you know, people always try to say, well, I want to leave everything at the office. And then I'm It's impossible. You can't. You just can't when you do things like that. Or at least I couldn't. I'll say that. Maybe some people can. I mean, I'm sure there were some some that had had to become so callous that they (laughs) were able to do that. Uh-huh. So, yeah. <laughs> that was not us. No, that was not us. But I know I was on that track. Yeah. And I had to get off I had to get off the train. You know, I think I find myself on that train. Yeah. Uh, I'm encouraging sometimes. you to get off the train. I know you are. <laughs> Why don't you find me something I can jump off into? Why don't, why <laughs> like don't, a trampoline. I know. Why don't, why don't we get uh, suggestions? What would Ashley do? <laughs> WWAD. <laughs> what would Ashley do? Yeah, Ashley could. Now, I love Chico, I so I could look do. at Chico's. Ashley, <laughs> Ashley wants to style people and make sure that they look their best. I do. Cause I think I mean, that's that, noble. Well, that, you know. And fun. I care about that stuff. And creative. Oh, I'd love to do that. Mm-hmm. But, I, you know, it's... When you're trained to do one thing, mm-hmm. it's just hard to uh, to. It's hard to imagine doing something. It's else. hard to remap your mind. Yeah, it, so, it took me a while. Yeah, it took me about five years. I remember when you finally told me that you were going to be um, quitting your practice or closing your practice and then doing PR and stuff. I I was not surprised. I wasn't surprised. It took me a little bit to be like, oh my gosh, she's really going to do this, which is probably what. So many people would say, you know, about, <laughs> about, about things. But um, I just, I, what you have done is admirable, I think, and brave. And, I mean, you're succeeding at it. I, you're, you're doing your thing, and it's good for your family. Mm-hmm. It has been really good for you and your family. You know, you seem so much happier now. You live in Nashville 
closer to your clients and all of the the things that you need to be doing. Mm -hmm. You're able to work remotely, which is a huge thing now too. Mm -hmm. That's that's the way things are going, being able to work remotely. And it just is so, you don't have the the things hanging over your head. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, not the same things that you used to, let's put it that way. Yeah. And you just seem happier. Oh, I mean, you do. Don't you feel happier? <laughs> I do. You feel more fulfilled. Oh yeah. I can. I mean, I can tell that. Yeah. So I, I'm. You know, my hat's off to you. <laughs> and I don't even wear hats. <laughs> Me neither. I don't think I have a face for hats. <laughs> I don't. I mean, I wear a baseball cap. You know, if I have to, if I have to, just kind of put something on. No, but I- like, if it, you know, it's dry shampoo day or something like that. <laughs> have you ever have you ever used so much dry shampoo that when you brush your hair it creates a powder halo around yes, a your halo. Head? <laughs> the halo. <laughs> oh yes. Oh yes. Don't uh, don't judge us. No. <laughs> y'all y'all know y'all are out there with your with, with your dry shampoo halo. <laughs> um no but your uh, drampulo? No. No. <laughs> I'm not hitting on any cylinders today. It's so funny, you know, because uh, my 10-year-old son, Clay, is always like, he likes to do these yeah. mashups yeah, yeah, too, yeah. just like your, um, what is he, nine, yeah. ten, nine. He's nine. Mm-hmm. Cooper's nine. Um, they like to do these mashups like we do, and Clay, <laughs> I tried one the other day. We were in the car, and I tried one. I can't remember what it was, and Clay go, looked at me. He goes, Mom, sometimes it just doesn't work. <laughs> From the mouth of babes. I know. It's like even he knows when to quit. <laughs> he needs to teach. He needs to teach his aunt Susan how to quit. Because we try and fail daily on that. <laughs> but when it works, it's it, it's a good one. It definitely does. Oh man. Um, hey, did you hear about? Um, you know, we have a song that we really enjoy. <laughs> Um, it's not an appropriate song. No, it's very inappropriate. It's extremely inappropriate and embarrassing, and it will cause my face to go red. And it's already it. going red now. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> That's not just my ruddy skin tone. No, your rosacea <laughs> that my you rosacea. don't have. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Ashley and I enjoy uh, this particular song called Pony by an artist called Genuine. Yes. <laughs> I can't even keep a straight face. <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> and it's funny because whenever we hear it, we get it evokes the same reaction in us each time. Yeah. It never, like, it, yeah. It never dims. <laughs> no. And it never gets old. No, it doesn't. And then the other day, I heard that the one and only Leon Bridges had... Who we love. We love his silky, buttery vocals. The, vel- the velvet-voiced the velvet. Leon Bridges. Yes. Vel- oh. The velvety vocals. Yes. And he has done a rendition of Pony. And you know, when I first heard of this, I was like, now, you know, this does this song really need to be remade? <laughs> this song of all songs. I know. Do we need another version it's, of Pony? It's one of those standalone songs. It would be like somebody <laughs> trying to redo the thong song. Because, <laughs> I mean, it just, it, it is what it is, and it doesn't need to be redone. You know, yes, the classic thong the song. The song. You know, right up there with... Pony. Pony. <laughs> Equally inappropriate subject matter. Yes. <laughs> yes. But um, but I, we we heard we heard yes. the song. We gave it a chance. I have to say, I am a fan. Yeah. I love the. It's a mellow kind of uh, slow. It's jam. a slow jam. Slow jam. Slow jam. <laughs> 
And it reminds me, in a great way, of you remember how Jimmy Fallon used to do slow jam in the, the news. news. <laughs> and I, and I, I have in my head. I remember. Um, from NBC News, it would be like Brian Williams. Brian Williams. And Barack Obama was on there Yeah, once, he did. That's right. At least once. I don't know if it was more than once. But I remember, I was so amused because, you know, the roots are playing back uh-huh. there in the background. And then sometimes, you know, they'll just come in with that slow jam kind of, you know, just, <laughs> yeah. Kind of, oh, yeah. <laughs> and it, that's what this reminds me of in, in the most wonderful way. Yeah. I was, I'm good on you, Leon Bridges, yes. for taking a classic in a new direction. <laughs> a classic? <laughs> I mean, you know, what is a classic? <laughs> a classic is when we, what we say is a classic. That's right, in my mind. It's right. It's a classic for us. <laughs> it's, it's, it's under, you know, in, under the heading of what are, what classics are, or what is an inappropriate song. This is a classically inappropriate song. <laughs> I mean, I would. I don't want not a classical song. No, no, no. it's not classical. It's classically inappropriate. I I don't want Clay to sit there and listen to it. I mean, no. I'm not sure if I want my husband sitting there while I listen to it on the radio. I can just imagine my mother would be so upset at me if she knew that I love that song. (laughs) You know, though, it's just the it's the beat Uh in that song. It's it's the music. It's stanky. It is. It's like (laughs) it's that. Kind of swampy, uh-huh. getting down in there. That uh-huh. kind of swampy, and it, you which know. you, you know, again, I'm talking with my hands. You are talking with your hands. <laughs> I'm you're getting, you're mm, showing how we're getting pushing down. down. The floor. <laughs> this is great podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will say, mm-hmm. I'm glad that we're doing what we're doing. I am too. Um, you know, it, it, if nothing else, it's a nice creative outlet. Um, for me personally, because I'm, you know, I'm not what you call a hugely creative person. I'm not artistic. I'm not good with music or anything like that, like Susan is. But Lord knows I can talk. <laughs> and Lord knows I have opinions. You do. I mean, we all do. I mean, I You think, know what they say. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yes, exactly. <laughs> but, you know, I think... I think this has been a nice... I think this is a good thing to talk about. Just kind of, you know why we're doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's important to, to kind of do this, do this episode about why we're doing this and why we chose this subject. And, um, it's not like we're, you know, experts of any kind. This is just based on our own, we're, we're experts in our own life experiences, yeah. I, mean, I suppose. And, just you know, I encourage people, yeah. you know, just to take some time and mm-hmm. and life is a, a very short and can be a very beautiful thing. And, you don't just don't want to waste it, and you, you have you know. to make those choices to make it a beautiful thing. So, well, if you're enjoying what we're doing, and we hope you are, because we're enjoying what well, we're no, doing. We are doing. We are enjoying it, aren't we? <laughs> um, we we have discovered that we are on iTunes podcast yes. now. So you know what we need? We need us a uh, a logo. We do need a logo. Do y'all any of y'all out there good at logo art? Because if you are and you want to create us a logo, we'll gladly use it and credit you every single podcast. Yeah. And again, I'm not artistic. (laughs) I can't draw. I can't draw stick figure. So it's sure not going to be me coming up with a logo. Well, you can email us at uh, shouldbefuncast at gmail.com. And you can also follow us on Twitter, the Insta, and the Facebook at 
TSB Funcast. Yep. And um, I'm trying to put some, you know, get the Instagram really up and running and putting some things on there. Just kind of fun pictures and videos to kind of let you in as far as like who Susan and I are. And um, I'll probably try to be posting some more content as as far as just like maybe ideas, um, things like that, maybe quotes we think are funny. (laughs) (laughs) Um... But, uh, you know, just bear, bear with me while I figure out exactly what to post, uh, how to post, when to post, and all the posting guidelines. All, all the posts. All the posts. And be sure, you know, since we are on iTunes now, I'm so yes. excited about that. Um, rate, review, and subscribe, and uh, let us know what you want to hear. Um, that'd be awesome. We will talk about anything. We will talk about Straight anything. Straight up anything. We will, and we can. And, and, and we can. Yeah. Yes. We have what you call the gift of gab. Oh, gosh. <laughs> It is a gift. What is a burden? No, it's a gift. <laughs> um, Thanks for hanging out with us. Yeah, this has been a really, um, I'm glad we did this particular episode. And I know our first episode was Ron Pope, which was amazing. And he is such a great talent and conversationalist and everything. But I thought it was really important for us to be able to talk about why we're doing this and kind of bring it back a little bit. Agreed. Mm-hmm. So... Thanks for joining us. We hope you loved it. Yeah, and check out our theme song, uh, which came from the Los Angeles-based pop band Two Cheers. It's called The Explode Boys, and it's a great song. Super fun. Super fun song. Thank you so much to Two Cheers for letting us use yes, that Thank you. We love it. And until next time, I'm Susan. I'm Ashley. And join us again on This, this Should Be, be Fun. fun.